0: Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Holy Spirit, I pray... That as your word is declared, Lord, it won't be words from a man, but your people would be fed by your Holy Spirit as I yield this vessel to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your words would come alive. Breathe on it, Holy Spirit, and bring change, transformation, freedom, and revelation that only your Holy Spirit can bring to your people. And we vow, and I vow, We vow to give you all the glory and all the honor and praise as you do it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Is everybody ready? It says this Who is wise? Everybody see that? Look at somebody and say, Well, are you? Go ahead, look at somebody else and ask them. Say, Are you wise? It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. There goes that word wise or wisdom again. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Now watch this. <clears throat> this wisdom or this type of wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. That is telling me there is a wisdom of man, the wisdom of God, and a demonic wisdom. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Everybody say pure. Pure. Then peaceable, gentle, and I love this one, willing to yield, and full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may have your seats. We live and are living in an information age. If you want to know something, you just pull out your smartphone. I don't know why they call them that. I was having a real struggle the other day with that thing, and I just, it was questionable whether it was smart or not. It wasn't very smart. But you can simply Google it. I mean, if you want to know how to gain bigger biceps, you can Google it. If you want to know how to cook a recipe that grandma used to make when you were little, you can Google it. It might not taste the same, but you know, it'll kind of get you somewhere in the middle there. At least it'll be edible. If you want to know how to put something together, how many struggle, how many guys in the room struggle with putting things together? Like, you know, when my, when my wife gets a box of something that has a thousand and one pieces for my four-year-old Zoe, I shake the box. I mean, I'm just automatically, there's just this depression that comes over me. <laughs> and I'm like, couldn't you have like, just got like the things, that just two big things that just snap together? Does it have to be a thousand and one pieces? You can literally youtube it and you know and, and I'm just pausing the thing constantly because i'm not you know I can paint very well, but uh, you know I'm creative, but when it comes to like putting things together, i'm not so great at it, but you can almost Google or YouTube how to do just about anything if you want to know the meaning of a word, you can look up Wikipedia if you want to find out how to cut hair or how to fix something on your engine. everything is at our disposal now in in 2023. It's almost like it's almost dangerous, but the world is almost at our fingertips. And so what I'm seeing in in both the church and in the secular world, because I work in both full-time, both the secular, I don't know how many of you know that, but I work both in the secular and the sacred all at one time. Don't ask me why my wife thinks I'm half, you know, crazy maybe. But I'm seeing more and more the world getting smarter, but not wiser. Learning more, yet understanding less. You know, how many thousands of years we've been around, we don't know exactly, but according to biblical standards, we we were thinking around 7,000 years at least According to scriptures, we can trace back about 7,000 years. Now, the world's been in existence for much longer. But, you know, being able to trace back knowledge, right? We've been here for thousands of years. You would think that we would understand and get relationships by now. And yet, both inside and outside of the church, 50% of marriages end in divorce, both in the secular and the sacred. Businesses have been around for thousands of years business practices, you would think that we would have it all together by now. You would think that after how many children have been raised in the earth, we would be able to master just about anything. Everything is at our disposal. Do, do you agree with me when I make, does it sound like a lofty statement? Like as long, there's nothing new under the sun, King Solomon stated, there's nothing new. You know, like we should already have a cure for cancer. We should already have a cure for the problems that are in the world. And so age doesn't define wisdom. You know what? We've heard that said before. You know, if that were the case, you know, America would have been getting smarter, but it seems like we're moving kind of in the opposite direction here. No, we don't talk a lot about politics. I just figured I would at least throw one little thing in. Does anybody agree with that? You know, I don't consider myself a smart person whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I didn't have much more than a, not even a high school education. I went into business at about 17 years old started in business. One of the reasons was that I didn't do well in school. This is the God's honest truth. I could not speak in front of people and I had immense social anxiety. Go figure. I would literally, the back of my pants would be wet with sweat. I would hand still do sweat. Uh, If I were asked to do any type of public speaking in school, my mother would tell you. She would find me not on the roll of school. The school would call and say, where's Mr. Smith at? And I would be hiding in a park somewhere because I had to speak in front of people. And I was one of those weird ones. I wasn't a very handsome person. Guy, I I would be found, you know, I couldn't get a girlfriend. I'd be sitting on the auditorium steps all alone every single day, year after year, just eating my little turkey and cheese sandwich, just hiding out from the rest of the crowd. I just didn't know how to converse with people. If you see me in a party, even now, many of you will see, if we have gatherings, I have this still, this social awkwardness. And you're laughing because you see it. It's just, you see me kind of pacing and I'm like, get me out of here, Lord. I hope the rapture comes and it just never does. But there's one place I feel immensely secure, and it's behind this, this podium. So something else kind of comes over me. I think we know what that is. But I, but I'm not. I, I do not consider myself a smart person. I didn't do well in school, and so it's kind of, I feel like kind of like a blind man—not physically, but you know, you ever seen someone who was born blind? They have these incredible senses. You ever been around a blind or even a deaf person? A person who doesn't hear very well they almost have to make up for the lack of something like if they can't see they can feel somebody walking from you know 20 25 feet away and they look in that direction even though they can't see because they can feel you understand it's like it's like they have to make up for the lack or they can feel the wind of someone coming by, or they can hear the slightest murmur or whisper. And if you talk about them, you can be a hundred feet away and they can say, I heard that. It's because they have to make up for something that they lack. And as a kid, I lacked knowledge. You know, a lot of my friends have more degrees than a thermometer. And then they ask me, you know, what kind of degree that I have. And I just have to make up something spiritual like... uh, They're like, where did you go to school? I I, I said, because they wonder, you know, how I get to preach and why, how I'm ordained and all that. I said, I went to the School of the Spirit. Some of my smartest friends have, have and are currently making some of the most devastating decisions. I've had great friends who make lots of money, make six figures, and have been found living an alternate lifestyle or living their lives with a completely different family simultaneously while living with their current family. I've seen people really smart people, educated, smart. You they can solve any math equation, bank accounts that have lots of zeros. I've saw them make unwise decisions. And we are living right now in the middle of a generation that that esteems smarts, that esteems information, that esteems knowledge, but lacks wisdom. And there is a big difference between wisdom and knowledge, a big difference. Everybody say, there is a big difference. Look at somebody else and say, hey, but I'm smart. I'm full of wisdom. Come on, confess that this morning. Amen. You know, I want to. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about something very dear to my heart this morning. And before I, I share these words with you, or is everybody listening? If you're listening, I want you to say amen. 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 My heart breaks for people when, and I don't mean anyone in particular in this room, but in general, when I see the decisions that our government is making, when I see the decisions that our teens are making. When I see the decisions that some men and women are making, this revelation has been hitting me. These people do not lack knowledge. It's not a lack of knowledge because if knowledge would change the country, we would have changed a long time ago. Listen, if knowledge was the key only, our finances would look a whole lot different. Our children would look a whole lot different. Our lifestyles would look a whole lot different, but it's going to take something more than just smarts and knowledge in the day and time that we're living in. It is going to take the wisdom of the Spirit of God to bring us where he's calling us to be. And that's what I wanna talk about this morning. Can you let me loose really quick? And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna minister on this message called Wisdom for What's Next. And I don't know about you, but I want you to tell me if I'm sensing this correctly or not but I got a feeling that there's at least one or two people in this room that are, that are at pivotal moments, crossroads, if you will, in your life. And it's going to take more than your past experiences to understand and to discern. To discern, to discern means to know something that's not readily available for you to know. That means to know something, know how to appropriate yourself in this situation in order to get the results that God wants you to have. It's going to take a wisdom, a knowing, an inner knowing from God himself to know what to do next. And for some of you, that might mean spiritually. For others, it might mean financially. And for others, it might mean relationally. Am I talking to anybody in the room who needs just a little bit of wisdom on what to do next? Am I talking to somebody in here? Proverbs chapter two, listen to this. Proverbs chapter two, verses one through seven. It says, my son, if you, if. Everybody say if. If you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to what? Incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as four hidden treasures... Then you will understand the what? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. I, can I just stop right? I wasn't going to stop there. I'm going to do what we call like a run-on because there's just a comma there. But I'm going to treat the comma like a period. Then you will understand. I'm going to treat it like a period. You will understand the fear of the Lord. Understand that how he's establishing wisdom first. The Bible says that the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom In other words, you don't even start becoming smart until you fear the Lord. And many reasons why we, and I'm talking about adults, young people in here, I'm talking to you too, but I'm mainly talking to the adults because really the condition that the young people are in today is not their fault. Oh, I know. I know I, I know I know I'm right in what I'm saying. It, society, we we because here's what's happened: the baby boomer generation. Forgive me, moment. It's you know, you didn't do this, and I know nobody else in the room did this. But because we allowed Looney Tunes, and Mom had to work. My mother had to work three jobs. So guess what? I when I would come home, I wasn't doing homework. I wasn't studying the scriptures. I was being raised by the television. And one of the reasons why our world is in the condition that it's in and the young people are in the condition that it's in is because iPhones and smartphones and Androids are raising this generation, a generation that one day will lead our country, that one day when you can't walk and you're in a wheelchair and are in hospice, those very children will be taking care of you. Now that's a thought. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, until you fear not having the results of God, you will not honor his commands. It's, 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 it's really not, I don't say this arrogantly. I don't say this arrogantly. I only say this because I've made, I feel, much more mistakes than anybody in the room. I feel that way. I don't know if there's anything that I haven't gone through or any uh, one single bad decision I haven't made. Because there's a scripture that that, that David coins. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I keep your word. In other words, David was in essence saying what Isaiah said. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, I'm afraid of not doing things your way. Because, listen, if you want a healthy marriage... Let me tell you something, do it God's way. If you want to run a business, do it God's way. Because what happens is when we don't do things God's, ways, God's way, we suffer the consequences by not doing it his way. And based on the scriptures, which in turn give us wisdom. And I wonder, many people are thinking to themselves, okay, what is wisdom? Can I tell you what wisdom is? This is worth jotting down. Wisdom is the ability to see things from God's perspective or viewpoint. It's not on the surface. Wisdom can see things through. Wisdom knows who that man will be if you marry him. Wisdom knows if she will cheat or not if you get with her later. Wisdom can discern far beyond the surface. Wisdom says this, everything in me wants to say yes because I'm a bit of a people pleaser, but I'm going to say no because I know that that's just going to give me more stress. It's going to, yes, give me more responsibility, but really the only reason I'm doing it is to please you, but, but wisdom says I want peace in my life, so I'm not going to choose to please you. I'm going to choose to say no. That's Wisdom. So wisdom is the ability to see things from God's perspective or viewpoint, but it doesn't stop there. Then to respond according to the scripture. Well, I know that doesn't seem very heavy this morning, but I can't tell you how many what we call believers do not live by the scriptures. They live by feeling or they live by desire Can I I read this scripture? So, so, So first let me say this. Who is wisdom? Wisdom is the Holy Spirit. Watch what it says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse two. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This is Isaiah. We call him a major prophet. In the Bible, he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. That's capital H. But he's talking about Jesus. Jesus, God, God, Jesus. That's established, right? So the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Everybody say Jesus. And the spirit. Oh, wisdom is a spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit. One spirit. The spirit of wisdom and understanding will rest upon him. And the spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of the knowledge. And look at that word right there. Fear of the Lord. This is what will get a person walking in wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So let me establish that. Wisdom in of itself is a person. It's not just a thing. Because we established that in the beginning how there's different types of wisdom, right? There's wisdom of the world, which actually the scriptures call demonic. Right? So wisdom is a person. Everybody say wisdom is a person. He's got a name. What's his name? Jesus. What is wisdom? True wisdom is this, the ability to see things from God's perspective. We talked about that. Now, does God want to give us wisdom? Watch what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Is this too much? It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, let me just say this. The wisdom of this world is foolishness. Now let me, let me just, I want to, I'm going to use a couple of different Bible characters, not anywhere in my notes. I want to give you a couple Bible characters that just dropped on me. Can I do that and go down this money trail? I want to give you these two contrasting individuals and I'm going to prove to you scripturally, scripturally that wisdom does not come with age. I know we're getting older, but it just doesn't come with age. Most people, I, I mean, I have been around some great men and women of God who have started strong, but have failed in the end. Even ended up losing their lives, many of them. But do you know whose whose scriptures we're gleaning from, who wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? Many of these scriptures, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Do you know who wrote that? King Solomon, that the Bible says, was the wisest man in the world. Do you know how he ended up dying in the end? By, he ended up marrying pagan women. And he, and, he, and he passed away. And he ended up not fulfilling fully the calling of God upon his life. They called him the smartest man. That's telling me that you can start wise and end foolishly. And here's, here's the thing. We don't end foolishly overnight. You don't start walking in God's wisdom and then begin to decline. No, no, it's a slow drip. It's one disobedience after the other until you become desensitized to conviction. And that's how we end unwisely. We started over here smart, but through one relational decision to A bad financial decision to stop connecting with the Lord, to stop connecting with his people. And little by little, we drift away from the Lord and we end our lives in foolishness. The wisdom of this world is foolishness. Everybody say it's foolishness. I had to confront somebody. Am I losing you? I had to confront somebody about a month or two ago. It was not a confrontation I was looking forward to. And I have to say this, we as the body of Christ have to make confrontation normal. Somebody sent me this saying the other day, we have to make confrontation normal. Confrontation doesn't mean fighting. It just means coming together and working out any underlying issue and slaying any elephant that's in the room of your relationships. That's wisdom. It's It is unwise to walk around with bitterness in your heart it's unwise it's not healthy do you know do you know it's been proven that people who walk around with unforgiveness release physically toxins in their body and that can end in cancerous diseases or end in mental struggles it's unwise it's unwise to spend money on things that you don't have the money for It's, it's un, it's unwise to not live according to the scriptures. So I had this confrontation and I love this person dearly. Oh, I love them so dearly. They don't go to church here. And this person used to walk with the Lord. And so we were standing there, my wife and I, and so we started chatting and I was really concerned about this person's decisions that they were making. I mean, I could... I could see it as clear as I'm looking at you that this is going to be disastrous for you. This is not going to end well. There's no way you're gonna win in this. And this person is completely sold on the fact that they're doing the right thing. And it's like I could just see the writing on the wall as if I'm seeing a Mack truck coming at this person and I'm saying, please, I beg you, get out of the road. And they're looking and they're saying, well, I don't see it. Do you know why that is? This is where the fear of the Lord comes in. When my friend Rick sees a little blind spot in my life, I never discount when people say, I've got a blind spot. Because we have to come to a place where we don't even trust our own discernment fully. Because what happens is arrogance and pride and you always have that, well, maybe they're not right. But always remaining in a heart posture of the fact that they could be right always keeps you humble and humble, keeps you growing. Humble will always, as soon as you lack humility or you cannot receive corruption from someone or something, you immediately stop growing. You immediately stop bearing fruit. And I don't know about what version you read, but it says, God exalts the humble, but he rejects the proud. And so I'm seeing this Mack truck, figuratively speaking, and I said, can I ask you something? I, I know you love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Love the Lord. It's Okay. And so I, I progressed. I said, um, do you think you're really following his leading? This person said, yes. Well, yes, I do. And I proceeded to say, are you like, do you feel that you're carrying your cross? Like you're, 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 you're doing this selfishly? Or do you feel like you're doing this for the Lord? Oh, yes, yes. All those things. And then I got to the nitty gritty. I said, well, do you believe the Bible? And this is when the truth came out. This person said, well, not fully like you do. And you mark my words, you mark my words as sure as I'm standing here today. You will see a movement. I've been preaching this for years. You will begin to see two things in the movements that are coming. And this is one of the major ones. A Jesus that is not reflected in the Bible. in a spirituality that lacks truth. That lacks scriptural basis. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They will say Jesus, but they will sleep with someone outside of marriage without no conviction. Oh, I know I'm preaching. You, you you, You will see them. You will see them fall under this spell of spirituality, yet there's no scripture reference for it whatsoever. Or they will begin to uh, prophesy things that's nowhere found in the Bible. I love what a man of God said that ch- changed my life. This will change, this will change your spiritual view. I, I pray that it does. Always remember this. I need this church to hear this, and I need you to hear this very clearly. Jesus, the Spirit of God, say the Holy Spirit, always works through prophecy Always remember this, especially you prophetic people. And even if you, some of the weird ones are in here, I want you to hear this. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit through prophecy. I believe in prophecy. How many believe in prophecy? Hopefully you didn't bring your friends today. I'm probably going to scare them a little bit. Through prophet, when it comes to prophecy, when someone prophesies, the Holy Spirit, here's how you know it, it's the Lord. It He always works through redemption. It's always about redemption. Redemption. Do you understand? In other words, if that prophecy does not bring you closer to Jesus, it always works through redemption. What is redemption? To buy back, to bring us back into fellowship, back into relationship with God. Prophecy will always do that. It will not be you're going to get a Hummer. I'm not saying that somebody... Think... It's not that God doesn't want you to be wealthy. It's not that he doesn't want you to be healthy or any of those things. But if you see a movement that is always about bless you instead of blessing God in relationship with him, this is not true prophecy. True prophecy will always, always, always lead you to Jesus. If it does not lead you to Jesus and it leads you to a movement, it's a false movement. If you get a prophecy that makes everything about you, that prophecy is false If that prophecy does not line up with the scriptures, it is the spirit of antichrist. Oh, I know I'm telling the truth this morning. And the young people need to hear this. And I'm okay with rakaka and shabaka. I'm good with that. I'm good with shaking under the floor under the power of God. Why does that happen sometimes? It's only happened to me a few times because I'm a little bit harder to, you know, and I don't give courtesy falls either. So, Pastor Guy said, sometimes you got to give him a courtesy fall. (laughs) I'm good with that, but you better get up changed. You better get up transformed. And and the only thing I can say is why the body, the body's just not geared for that kind of power. That's the only thing I can think of. And I can tell you this. There's three great works, I believe, that's only by the power of the Holy Spirit, Number one is redemption. There's nothing greater than a healing of the soul and the saving of a lost soul. There's nothing. We preach on healing here, but I'm going to tell you right now, the greatest work on the earth that God ever provided is the fact that you and I, who sinned against God, astray from God, now has made a way for us to get to heaven to spend eternity with him. That is the greatest work. I feel the second, now, of course, the healing of a body, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. I love that. I've seen God heal. I've been healed physically. I can't explain it. I don't understand. But the Lord is a healer. I don't understand why some get it and why some don't. I don't get all of that. But I do know that God does heal because Jesus said they're still healing. We have to believe the scriptures. Amen. How many believe that? But the third, and I feel that this is the second most powerful thing, is how the Holy Spirit has the ability to change a heart. There's nothing, great. it's greater than the healing of a body. How the Holy Spirit can do a work in a person and take an angry, vile person and make them gentle and loving. I, my head cannot wrap around that. To take a person who is a thief, who can smoke, worth of dope a day and make them the biggest giver I know. That is only by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not man's doing. He can take a girl who was used and abused as a young little girl sexually and that person went off into promiscuity, made decision after decision, and that person come to know Jesus and their heart be changed and become the most purest person you've ever known. That Is the most powerful work that God could ever do is change the human heart. It's the most powerful thing. And if we want to be changed continually, listen to this. If you want the Holy Spirit at work in your life, and I believe that many of you do, we must, it's one thing to get it. That is the easy part. James, this is the easiest part. I want everybody to listen to this. The easiest part is to get God to work in your life. The hardest thing, Laurie, is this the hardest thing is maintaining his work. Anybody can get married. Not many can stay married. You can easily fall in love, but it's hard to stay in love. Anybody can build a business, but can it stand the test of the five-year mark when most businesses fail? It's easy to stay close to Jesus for a year when he's blessing you, but what do you do when it seems as if God is not working on your timetable? Can I tell you what keeps the work of the Holy Spirit active in your life? When you can't trace him, when you can't feel him, when you can't see his blessing, you walk in his wisdom. That is when you no longer because there are times when you can no longer even rely. Not that his presence isn't there because he is there, Maddie. He's there. He's there, Jane. But you have to walk in principle. Because if you begin to rely on the feelings, feelings will lie to you. And little by little, the, the, the demonic powers, the demonic influences that are in this realm will begin to whisper, that's not working. Church isn't working. Jesus doesn't love you. If he does then your life wouldn't look like this. You wouldn't have lost that loved one. You wouldn't be going through this financial hardship. Oh, no, no, no. That wisdom is a wisdom of, come on, the Bible says it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And it has a strategy. It has a, outwardly it looks wise. Oh, I could just nix the Sunday and I can just go to work. I've tried that before. And that's a trick of the enemy. As we begin to elevate success. And, and you know what I hear too much? Am I babbling too much? I have heard. I am so sick of hearing success strategies from the pulpit. I, I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. Ten keys to wealth. Ten keys to health. Ten keys to build your business. This is the holy pulpit. This is the, this is the place where the word of God must be preached. If it doesn't come from a place of redemption, bringing you closer to Jesus, Run. Because Jesus is all about intimacy, all about closeness, all about bringing you closer to him. He's all about anointing you to walk in his ways and to see success his way. Listen, I said this the other day, that God's ways may be a slow drip, but it's pure. The world will offer you the fast track way, but its end is destruction. Is everybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? You cannot reject, when I was talking to that person, I thought to myself, oh my God, this person, they think, they think they're not rejecting Jesus. You cannot listen to them. You listen to me, Facebook Live. You cannot reject this word, anything in it. You reject the word, you reject the word himself. You reject the word. You reject God's wisdom found in scriptures. You are literally rejecting Jesus. And the most foolish thing that any person could ever do is reject the wisdom of God found in the scriptures. Listen to what 2 Timothy, am I boring you? Listen to what it says here. 2 Timothy chapter four, verse three. For the time will come, and it's here, Norman. When they, he's not addressing the world. He's addressing the church. He says the time will come when they will no longer endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. I don't want to hear about Jesus. I want to hear about wealth and success. I don't want to hear about Jesus I want to hear about how to make my life better. I, I, want to, I want to hear about how to fulfill my calling. Now, I know that sounds spiritual, but Jesus, the Word of God, prophecy always works through redemption. Everybody say redemption. Listen to what it says in the, in, the, in the Message Bible. It says, you will go on to find... That there will be times when people will no longer have a stomach for solid teaching. But will fill up on spiritual junk food. Catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on the truth and chase mirages. But you keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive and do a thorough job as God's servant. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear, now this is wisdom, God's wisdom. I want to hear more about repentance. I want to hear about how do I get closer to Jesus. I want to hear about how to live uprightly before God. I want to hear about how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to hear messages again that it's not by my education or my degrees because I heard in the Word of God it said it's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by education. It's not by strategy. It's not about filling a church building. It's by the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you this question this morning. Based on the Word of God and the wisdom of God, before you make any major decision, Do you seek to honor the Lord? Do you ask yourself this question? Can I tell you how I govern my life? Can I tell you? Young people, older people alike, I literally have a strategy when making decisions. I am not confused about my life. I'm not even confused about which direction this church is supposed to be going. I'm kind of already have my plate full. So when people come to me and have different ministries, ideas, unless the Lord comes out of a cloud and tells me otherwise, I'm not doing anything else. I'm not starting a different type of ministry. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing any of those things. I have an assignment. That's wisdom. To not get distracted with all these other things. He wants us to make a prayer room. We're going to make a prayer room and we're not doing anything different until it looks like one. Until we build the church and build a strong spiritual body, we're going to keep meeting Sunday mornings. We're going to preach the fire of the Holy Spirit. We're going to preach the cross. We're going to preach Jesus until we see worldwide revival. Anything else, I'm not not making another little coffee shop ministry. I'm not doing any of that stuff. We're going to preach. We're going to establish until we see the kingdom of God here on earth and in this church as it is in heaven. Come on, church. Say amen. Here's what I do. Before I make any concrete decision, I say to myself, I even draw... I'll tell you that part in a second. Will this, I know it's so basic. I think we need to get back to basics. Will this decision honor God? Will engaging in this friendship, this relationship, this career, this whatever it is, will this decision honor God? That's wisdom. That's called the fear of the Lord. Is it going to honor him? Is the decision that you want to make in your life right now. Many of us are facing, anybody facing a decision? Let me see your hands. Any decision, do you have no decisions to make? Well, that's great, I wanna be you. Mercedes, no decisions? She thinks I won't call her out. That's, you know, when she wants to be tough, I'm like, I will call her out a little bit. Will this decision, if I make this decision, will it hurt someone? Will it hurt my relationship? I'm not talking about man, please. And sometimes you have to say no to certain things. I'm not saying that. Is will this hurt someone, diminish them, cause them to lose their job? Will it bless your family? Will it help the church? Will it hurt it? Will it, will it diminish your calling, making that certain decision? Will it, see, see, many people, they, we don't realize this. We think that God promotes us. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel like this is for someone. This is for someone in the room. Some people think that if they have an outward reputation, outwardly, like they have a good rapport with people. They haven't made any public mistakes. They don't smoke. They don't chew. They don't run with those that do. Outwardly. And they think that because of that, they've earned the reputation to serve on the front lines with Jesus. But Jesus has a team who recruits too. It's called the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he keeps record privately. I know we don't want to hear this kind of teaching, but you know what this kind of teaching should do? Should put the fear of the Lord in us when our doors are closed. And many of us wonder, wonder, we wonder why doors are closed. It's not because God doesn't love you. It doesn't, it's not because God doesn't want to promote you as he's waiting for you to see that the result you picking and choosing on what to do and how to do it and not consulting him. He wants you to wake up one day and come to the realization. This is not going to work your way. You need to apply my principles, my wisdom, and follow the leading of my Holy spirit. And that's the way that you will produce results. Now, listen, will it be a slow drip? Absolutely. But wouldn't you rather end up in the promised land eventually or do it your way and never? I never want to sing Elvis's song. Hide it in my way. You can do it your way and end up in somewhere other than heaven. Did you like that Elvis twist right there? I did the lip too. Listen to this. Every person, you you can do it your way. It is so costly. It is so costly. I want everybody to hear this. I want you to hear my heart. It is costly to do it your way. It will cost you everything and nothing will be given in return. Heartache pain. The other day, the other day, well, this is yesterday. There was a $26,000 deal. This this lady, uh, oh, God, help me. Y'all know I work in, I work full time and I do sales and it was a good relationship with these people. I've done projects for them before and and, and they emailed me, they emailed me this, this thing that was, I was just mortified at the different hoops they wanted me to jump through. And, And I just, I'm at a place in my life where I like, I don't want other extra stresses. And plus they don't know this. They think they're hiring me, but I'm hiring them too. They don't know. You know, you know what I mean by that. Dean knows And and automatically, I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't do it. Don't do it. I say, oh, Lord, yeah, but it pays well, Lord. But I know from experience, this is where experience pays. Because to disobey the Lord, although it may look good, that relationship may look good. That job may look good. That career, that thing may look good. But if you don't walk in the wisdom of the Lord, it'll cost you more by doing it or engaging into it. And we have to have the wisdom of God. And that's my prayer this morning, that the Holy Spirit would download wisdom for what's next. This society, our nation needs wisdom to move forward. This church needs wisdom for what's next. Anybody need wisdom for what's next? Listen, every single person, I'm gonna close in just a second. Every single person in this room right now, I don't care how old you are, you can be 10 or you can be 80. You are experiencing consequences, the consequences, the consequences. I said the consequences of your wise decisions or your unwise decisions. Because there are going to be consequences Many people, I don't don't mean to be critical. I don't mean to be hard. I simply want to just minister to what God has given me because we we have to, I don't want to just run around and have a bunch of people run around shouting hallelujah and praise God. And and, and I I want to do that. We want to do that, right? I mean, we want them to shout. Right, Mariah? We we do. We want that. But we we want to live lives that are wise. We wanna invest our time in the Lord, in his work wisely. We want to invest the way that we, listen to this, I, I, I don't like to talk about money a lot. I don't, I, I actually hate it. But many people are suffering in this room because of unwise decisions financially. Unwise. My mother has told me many times Confessed to me about, you know, financial decisions. We've talked, and she has taught me. You don't even realize what you've taught me. You've taught me how to prepare early. She said to me the other day. She said this. She said, "Son, take care of your body while you can, because you only get one of them." And I said, "Listen, Mom." I'll, she she called me her Labamba. Y'all don't know who Labamba is. I grew up in a Mexican-American home. I said, Mom, because, you know, La Bamba bought his mom a house. I said, you won't ever have to worry when you're older and you don't have money. Because I have asked the Lord for divine strategy on how to mind now what matters later. Am I talking to the right crowd this morning? It's about wisdom. God God wants you to acknowledge him in all of your ways so that he can direct your path. Not just in spirit, in both the natural and the spiritual. And they both coincide. There are many people in this room this morning that are suffering heartache, challenges, financial hardships, setbacks, not because God doesn't love them but because there's been some unwise decisions in their lives. And here is my my biggest challenge to each and every single one is to seek this year with all of your heart God's wisdom for every aspect of your life. And this is going to be hard when I'm going to say not that the other stuff has been easy. I feel like the Lord pleading with you through me walk in wisdom, walk in his ways so that you will suffer good consequences, not negative ones. As I mentioned, wisdom doesn't come with age. A man or woman's level of wisdom is based on two different things. Who do you serve? prayerfully, it's Jesus for everyone in this room. And secondly, it's how we govern our lives according to scripture. There's so much more I want to say about this. Because to not follow the Lord's wisdom and direction is guaranteed heartache. I got a prophecy from someone recently. I want to say this. Everybody stand to your feet if you can, please. Thank you. Thank you. Are you guys enjoying this as much as I am? I pray, I pray that it cuts deep and the fear of the Lord has put in our hearts to to seek out the Lord's wisdom. Again, I want to say this. I I could never rely on my smarts because I I, I just learned to like copy and paste because my wife is kind of my assistant and then Cheryl helps me. Like they're much smarter than me. They know how, you know, I don't even, I don't even know how to open the email. I just tell them to email people back and tell them what to say. I mean, I'm sure I could figure it out if I sat there long enough, but I still have to ask people the passcodes to the church and stuff. That's not what I do. That's not my thing. But one thing, one crutch I've relied on, kind of like that blind man, I've had to rely any, any, any bit of so-called, I don't even like the word success, that I've experienced any favor of God that I'm experiencing in my life and, and I want each and every person to experience it even more than I, than I do but, but it is from strictly from the wisdom that has come from the word of God practicing and walking in his principles following his leading every decision you want to know how to find a good woman read Proverbs 31 you want to know how to increase financially read Malachi chapter 3. You want to learn how to govern your life and walk in obedience and even be willing to go to, to the guillotine? Read the apostle Paul. He was smart. He was wise. Now listen to this. This is what I'm going to end with. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus? Remember that? He was on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says that he was well learned. He studied underneath a a high priest. I mean, he was a Pharisee. He could could verbatim, as I'm speaking to you right now, he could rehearse verbatim the first five books of the Bible, Dean. I mean, I have a hard time just remembering some verses. The first five books, chapter, dozens of chapters, verbatim. Smartest man you would ever know. He understood the law and he even said this, I've never even broken the law. He said, I've, I've, I've walked up rightly, never did anything wrong, kept the law, all 600 laws, smart, possibly spoke different languages and watch this. He's on the road to Damascus thinking that he's doing the work of God and he's killing Christians guys. The guy who wrote the two thirds of your new Testament is killing Christians. And then he saw a great light and he was knocked off of the donkey and listen to his response. What a wise response. He falls off, he gets blinded by the light, which I didn't put that correlation together because I gave the example about being blind and using different senses, you know, different spiritual sense. This is what Paul did. When he falls off of the horse, he's blinded, thinking he's going to kill Christians for God. Jesus speaks to him and says, Saul, Saul, why is thou persecuting me? And here's what he says. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. Do you know what that is? Hard for you to kick against the prick. In other words, it's like kicking a sharp pointed stick with your foot with no shoe. In other words, he's saying, you're not seeing the results, not because I don't love you, but because you're walking outside of my will and not walking in my wisdom. This is what God is saying to us. Isn't it hard to kick against the goats? It costs you everything by not walking in the wisdom of the Lord. It will cost you. It'll cost you relationships. It'll cost you your health. It'll cost you money. It'll cost you sometimes marriages. It will cost. But if we learn to walk in the wisdom of God, although it is a slow drip, we will experience the blessings of heaven. Here's a scripture I'll end with, and I close. Proverbs chapter 4. Verses 1 through 13. I know it's long. And this is God pleading with his people through Solomon. He says, hear my children, the instruction of a father. Say, he's my heavenly father. Come on, say, he's your heavenly father. You might not have had a good earthly father who showed you wisdom and taught you principles. But you have a heavenly father who will train you and raise you up as a son and as a daughter. You remember that. He says, hear my children the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding for I give good doctrine principles. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and he said to me, let your heart retain my words and keep my commands and live. And then he says this with an exclamation mark. Get wisdom. Everybody say, get wisdom. And get understanding. And do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, for she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. She's talking about wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will. Listen, this is where promotion comes from, getting wisdom. She will promote you, and she will bring you honor. When you embrace her, she will place on your hand, or excuse me, your head, an ornament of grace and a crown of glory, and she will deliver you. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Hear, my son, and hear my daughter and receive my sayings listen to this and the years of your life will be many I have taught you the way of wisdom and I have led you in right paths when you walk your steps will not be hindered when you walk in wisdom your steps won't be hindered and when you run you will not stumble take firm hold of instruction and don't let her go Listen to this. For she is your life. Father, I pray this morning in this holy moment with so many struggling, so many that are hopeless, so many that are in despair, so many with so many different needs represented, health, finances, relationships, relationships, some simply wanting to seek you and know you more. That's my main prayer, Lord, that that would be the first. I pray that you would download, I pray, your wisdom. And we're going to ask the Lord for wisdom in just a moment. We're going to ask him. But I pray that you would download supernaturally the fear of the Lord into each and every one of our hearts to have a reverence, not a fear of you're going to hurt us, but a fear of I must walk in the Lord's ways because I'm afraid that, that I will not experience him in the way that he's intended me to. I will not walk in the promises that he's called me to. That kind of fear, reverence, like a son or a daughter honors an honorable father. That kind of fear. I pray that you would put that in each and every single one, Lord. The fear of the Lord, how they govern their businesses, how, they, how, they, how their work ethics are in school, Lord, let your wisdom reign in every young person under the sound of my voice. Let them, let them, let them evaluate their friendships, relationships, connections, and, and reveal to them if they're unwise relationships. I pray that for every single one. If someone's dating someone that they know is unwise for them to date or be connected to, if there's a business deal someone's about to engage in, that's not wise. If someone who's mismanaged their finances unwisely, Father, I pray right now the fear of the Lord and the spirit of wisdom and of revelation would be downloaded into each and every heart. And Father, for that person who doesn't know how to move forward, there is, there is like this bleak future in front of them. They don't know which way to go. They don't know the way out. They don't know whether they're coming, going. They don't know. Lord, they need your wisdom. I pray right now. Come on, lay your hand on your heart. I pray for the wisdom of the Lord to fill your heart so that you might know the perfect will of God. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.